What's good, everyone? Welcome to an Inside NBA show. I am at Maddie G, also known as at NBA G Wiz. Give us a like and a follow on your social medias. And joining me for today's episode is Mitch Casey from Ball Boys Fantasy. In the lead up to your drafts, I'm going to give you five keys to help you win your league. If you've got that cash in the kitty and you want to get it, we're going to give you five keys. This one is titled, Get Frisky With It. You got to take a little bit of risk. You got to get frisky. We're going to look at how you can do that today. Mitch Casey coming up after this. Right away, just to pack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History title. Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! Casual Sunday morning here in Australia and a couple of Aussie blokes talking hoops for you. It is myself from the Insight NBA show, Matty G. And joining me from Ball Boys Fantasy is Mitch Casey. How you doing, mate? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, very, uh, very slow start to the Sunday, but it's always a good time to talk uh, fantasy hoops, mate. It's um, it's getting close to the start of the NBA season, so every day, is, uh, yeah, every day is a good day to talk NBA. So let's get to you, it. You know what I love? I just love looking at my phone and actually seeing NBA scores pop up and news pop yes. up more frequently than the dog days. Even if it's preseason, I'm like, oh, Carl Anthony Towns wore like a whole yeah. head-to-toe sheet garment today. Fantastic <laughs> for him. Like, yeah. I get excited just seeing NBA news again. Today's show is all about getting risky or getting frisky in your drafts. It is draft season, of course, in fantasy land. Uh, so I have this whole thing where I think you need to take risks and not just always play it safe. So when a lot of people are drafting, especially if you're new and listening to this, so I guess the tips for the new guys are don't follow ADPs as a Bible guide. Mitch, you'd agree with that, yeah? 100%. If you, if you draft off a rankings list and, you know, subscribe to that your entire way through the draft, you will lose um, pretty much every time. <laughs> I can remember my first ever time playing fantasy. I knew nothing about it like 15 years ago. And I was like, oh, that guy's really good. Why is he still sitting there? And I didn't know why they were sitting there on the wire still. I hadn't figured it out yet. Some mates had thrown me in a league. And I drafted and I was like, my team's actually shit. And then I started looking <laughs> yeah. at why they were out. There were guys who were going to be away or they would come back from injuries. I just thought, oh, I'm grabbing value. I'm grabbing value. It's not how it works out. The value is the floor and the ceiling policy. So I guess it's like if you're drafting someone at their floor, there's no room to go up or down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the other thing you also need to keep in mind as well is like, well, what is the player actually doing? Like what what helps your team? Like are they, are they giving you points? Are they giving you rebounds, assists, steals, whatever? And how much does it actually help your team? So especially like obviously if we're talking category leagues, like if you're grabbing someone and you're really, really strong in um, blocks and you're grabbing another guy who's really, really strong in blocks, well, if you're already winning the league in blocks, then getting some more blocks on your team is not actually going to help you. Yeah. On the flip side, if you're last in blocks and then you get a guy who's really good in blocks and gets you to second last, then how much does that help you as well? So I think it's also about just making sure that it fits for your team as well. And that rankings that is ascribed to people doesn't yeah. factor into, you know, where are you in your league compared to other other teams? So uh, yeah. always keep that in mind. Yeah, 100%. It's like a House of Pain said, you know, uh, like fat boy on a diet, don't try it. If you're, if you're on it, if, if, you're, if you're just feasting on one thing, don't just, just like, don't make that your whole draft premise, I think it is. Like you said, if you've got blocks and you're like, oh, but I want to lock it down, I want to lock it down. Yeah, you're locking it down. 
but you're doing nothing to help maybe assists or steals yeah. or your free throw percentage. So you, it's that risk versus reward about, okay, do I just back away from it? This one. Last night I picked up in a draft, we were talking about draft strategies. I picked up Walker Kessler in the 60s. Yeah, now, well, he, he goes a lot earlier than that a lot of other times. So um, that's, a good, that's a good selection, I reckon. And so do I. So when you see a guy like that, even though I wasn't winning blocks, you get a guy like Walker Kessler in your team. I actually had Nick Claxton earlier in. So I picked up Nick Claxton earlier on and I had Walker Kessler. So I'm like, you know what? That's a nice little pair to really up my blocks. And it put me like middle two thirds of the way. And I was punting that initially. So I didn't lean into a punt strategy in the end. I ended up getting the best available player with a lot more, again, there's no risk there, but it's a lot of more upside. So to do this, to go this, we're looking at players today. We're going to take five guys each. Mitch, uh, five guys that we think if you invest in your draft, you can get a good return on. Uh, do you want me to start? Do you want to start? You're the guest. You start. You be your first one. You're the oh, guest. Okay. All right. Throw me in the deep end. All right. Let's give okay. it a go. Well, look, swim, I'm going to start off with a guy that is very much in the in line with my um, – He's in my crosshairs this season. He's sort of the face of the, the ball boys at this at this stage. I'm going to start with my guy, Evan Mobley, um, who to me Love. is the first the first frisky player. He's a guy that I am all in on this season. I've, I've pushed all my chips into the middle on Evan Mobley. And um, even just this morning, again, if people haven't caught on, um, news came out that Jared Allen is dealing with a bone bruise in his ankle. So he's going to be yes. reevaluated in two weeks. Now, again, reevaluated doesn't mean that he's going to be back in two weeks. So mm-hmm. he might actually miss the start of the season which is, again, uh, another you know tip towards Evan Mobley's favor. And I just money think that he's... Money for Mobley, 100%. He, he's just a gun, man. Like he, he was all defensive player last season, the youngest player since Kobe Bryant's ever do so. Um, and he, in his rookie season, put up 12 shots a game. Last season, Donovan Mitchell came over to this squad and he had the same amount of field goal attempts uh, in his second season. So I think if you expect um, Evan Mobley, who was the third overall pick... Uh, all defensive player to put up again a third season where he's putting up the same amount of field goal attempts as his rookie year. I think that that is a mistake. I think he's going to take a big step forward on offense this season, playing more at center. Um, they've already talked about putting the ball in his hands to play make a bit more. And again, if he's playing more at center, you're going to get more rebounds. You're going to get more blocks. You're going to get higher field goal percentage. And again, going into his third year, you can, you can always expect those players to have a bit of a breakout. And he's going in drafts. I've got his ADP up here at the moment. Um, Yahoo, 43, ESPN in like the 50s, and then Fanfax around 40 as well. So I think he's got as high as second round upside. I don't know if you have to take him there, but if you take him in the third round instead of the fourth round, I still think there's upside and you're locking in a player that I think is going to be really, really valuable uh, for those points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. I'm going to, I'm going to back you hundred percent. I, I love Mobley. If you've never watched, look, the Cavs are a good basketball team, but if you're, yeah. not a Cavs, if, if you're not a Cavs person and you might not want to watch them on league pass, you're like, Oh yeah, I know Donovan Mitchell. I watched him in Utah. You're sleeping on guys like Darius Garland a little bit, Jared Allen, you know, but Evan Mobley, I, I guess the term generational talent gets thrown around a lot for like our superstars in the NBA. Evan Mobley might not be a generational talent like the, when Van Yama's around, but this is, a, this is a future hall of fame level player. He has the absolute, yeah. this is a skill set player who is, again, second year or defensive team and is only going to continue to get better. The way he plays the game is very friendly. He's also a guy who I could see actually making like the international squad a lot more for USA and actually being quite versatile because he's his switchability, his ability to defend and also take smart shots and play make. So love Mobley. And I think that feeds to a rule. Mitch, can we make a rule? It's a good thing if you said, like you just said it then, Mobley's going to like the fourth rounds. 
if you can go in the third round, so maybe a good rule is if you jump one round early for a guy you want to take that risk, it could be worth it, even if it's yeah. one round. I think I think yeah, you don't want to you want to take all of the ceiling away, but if you yep. if you go maybe a round or ten spots earlier, and yep. you still think there's more upside, if you want to guarantee getting that guy, I think that's fine. Especially the later you get in drafts, the more that that is okay in my opinion. The early part of the drafts, you've got less room to to make that work, but as soon as you start getting later, it's I think it's fine. A hundred percent. So that brings me to my one, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is my okay, number spicy. one. Ka- Kawhi Leonard, uh, let me, I should play the uh, I should play the hot 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 for that one to be fair because <laughs> I uh, I absolutely love Kawhi Leonard this season not for any reason. Here we go, oh, hot, 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 hot. Listen to this. This sounds this sounds dumb when I read it. Kawhi Leonard ADP fan tracks thirty nine, ESPN forty one. Yahoo seems to be the smartest at twenty seven. Is his current ADP value? Kawhi Leonard is probably a let's arguably say a top 20 NBA player. It's all about the games played for Kawhi. So if I can get Kawhi this season to play 65 games to make that minimum threshold, even 60 games when he plays, he is a guaranteed lock to be a top 20 player. But this is a guy who is slipping into the fourth round, much like a Mobley. So if you're in that fourth round and there's a Mobley and a Kawhi Lennon sitting there, the upside of Kawhi playing, by all accounts and purposes for me right now, is, is he's a healthy player. You know what I mean? Kawhi is a healthy player currently and arguably one of the best 15 players in fantasy basketball when healthy and playing well. So if you can pick him up there, I think that for me is an absolute risk worth taking. Yeah, I think, um, and and the the comments from um, Coach Lou, uh, apparently he's fully healthy and participating in training camp at the moment, which is which is really, really good news. He did have that menisc- meniscus um, surgery, I think, in the off season, but yep. uh, all the comments at the moment saying he is healthy and ready to go. Again, you expect him to sit some back-to-backs and, and things like that, but I think sometimes we, for a player like this, discount them too much because of being stung in the past. You know, everyone has their never again lists and all those kind yep. of things, and um, yep. we, we sort of have that short-term memory. But again, yeah, if, if I just look at my projections, he's very clearly sort of in a nine-cat setting, a top 10 player. Uh, in, in a minus one setting, he's definitely a second-round guy. And again, you don't have to take him there. He's going to be falling late on that. But I think that he's definitely someone that you should start to consider as early as the end of the second round, in my opinion. So I, I do like the pick. 100%. And I think if you're in the third round, if your pick's one to five at your draft, so if you take a 12 or a 14 team league and you go yeah. back around to the tail end and you finish out your second round and you're looking at it and you know who's going to be left on the board because you're the smart person at the end of the second round and you're looking, basically you're looking down a corridor of picks for your third round. And you're looking down that corridor and be like, who's down there? Who, who am I going to walk by on the way before it comes back? And if Kawhi Leonard's sitting there and you've got pick two or three or four, you're picking up Kawhi Leonard basically at 30. And he yeah. can return top 15 value, which is, as you said earlier, when they're early in the draft, it's harder to get those guys to return that. So this is a guy jumping a round or two up. Yeah, 100%. Like there's there's no one really that you can get in the 20s that can finish first round value outside of a player like, like this. So yeah, I think... Again, want to balance up having too many of those kind of a guys, but if you've gone safe-ish the first couple of rounds, then he can definitely give you some uh, frisky upside. This is uh, this might be a bit of one of these moments. What so, the fuck was that? I, w- I will actually argue this point. I think Zion Williamson, my second is Zion Williamson, based on the league that he's in currently, could be frisky. Because in ESPN, he's at 35. In fan tracks, he's 52. But Yahoo is at 59. 
This is again, another guy I can see jumping two or three rounds of value when healthy. And apparently all the reports that I've been looking at for camp for him are is that he is healthy and he is going to play. He might have some off court issues, Mitch, but <laughs> yeah, he, we're, he we're not drafting up, him for that. So we're not drafting him odd. for that. Whatever you want to do, baby, whatever you want to do Zion, it's up to you. <laughs> yeah. But I think my risky player is Zion because if you're picking him up, God forbid at 55, this is a top 30 player. There's another two rounds of value. You're jumping just as that fall, as you said, that early fall off. And my thinking is Zion is a nice little frisky pickup if he is falling into the 50s this year. Well, I think this could be one of the friskiest players in the entire in the entire league at the moment. Um, he he is just it's tough because he's so dominant in two big areas. So he's dominant in scoring. His field goal percentage is probably the best in the entire NBA uh, when it comes to fantasy basketball. So he has amazing strengths, but he also has some pretty big weaknesses in terms of his free throw percentage. He doesn't shoot threes. So. I think the friskiness and the upside play for this player is very specific to do. Can you utilize his strengths to help your fantasy basketball team to actually make a big difference to your squad? Yep. Or does his free throw percentage drag your um, your overall team's free throw percentage down enough that it's actually going to hurt you more than it's going to help you? So I do think that he is. He's got tremendous upside. I actually have a really uh, strong gut feeling that he's going to be playing a decent amount of games this season with all the off-court stuff that happened yeah. this off-season. I actually think that's kind of put him back on the straight and narrow. And um, all the reports so far are that he's been training like a professional for the first time in his career, which, which is, is crazy weird. for a, which is for weird a number one that. pick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, when you're so talented and you're so physically dominant, I guess you can get away with that kind of um, yeah. just relying on your overall freak, freak athletic ability for, for so long. But now that he kind of has to put in the work or, you know, he's had that bit of a scare that, you know, he hasn't really done much these first few seasons. It's kind of now or never really for Zion to really prove the prove the haters wrong and, and to, to get his next contract and things like that. So I think that he's going to be healthier than we've seen him, um, but he still comes with those huge positives, but also some big negatives. So it has to be team dependent, in my opinion. Uh- yeah, 100%. And that's where you can get frisky if you are definitely punting free throw percentage. This is a guy who just shoots up your board and you can yep. take him and you can get frisky with Zion Williamson. I'm with you. I think gut tells me he needs to prove himself sooner or later. He's got his Jordan contract. He, he's got his money deal. He's got a lot going on. And he is probably, I guess, been in fantasy basketball. One of the number one questions that have surrounded, yeah, in I guess, for the last two or three years. And he hasn't answered any of them. So if he answers them now, and if he gets back out there, and again, apparently he's been a willing participant. So this is the first uh, this is the first summer where we've seen Zion really take his profession seriously. That like these yeah. are quotes coming out, and if Dave Griffin's saying that, it's almost saying like, yeah, he's been an asshole for the past few seasons. <laughs> yeah, it's like a backhanded compliment, isn't it's, it? It's a, it's a backhanded compliment. It's like you know what, he's been an absolute prick, but yeah. now he seems like oh. You know, he's got two different women doing whatever. So he's just going to be a good basketball player now. Thank God. Hope you're enjoying the pod with Mitch. We're having a lot of fun talking about our getting frisky guys. And if you want to have some fun and win your league this season, don't forget to check out Fantasy Scores. Check out fantasyscores.com. It integrates perfectly into your Yahoo leagues. You want to know what target player you want to get this week? Oh, maybe you want to know who to claim off the waivers. Or do you want the absolute best quality for how to punt in your draft. Well, fantasy scores can help you. If you use promo code insight, you get five US dollars off your subscription. It is absolutely brilliant value. The best you'll find is by using the promo code insight on fantasyscores.com. Use Z scores to absolutely elevate your fantasy game this season and win your league in your NBA fantasy season.
So that's right. That, mate, who's your number two? Uh, my number two here is, again, I'm, I'm swinging for the fences here on these frisky players. Swing. And I think this guy's got a very wide range of outcomes. In fact, I want to have a look at his ADP. I think there's almost, and I, I think I've heard Josh Lloyd say this, I think there's no way that he finishes his ADP where it is. He'll either yep. be 20 spots higher or 20 spots lower. And that is Alperen, that. Alperen Shengun. Nice. Um, I am an Alperen Shengun believer. I had him quite high in the draft when he was taken. We still need to remember that this guy's only going to his third season, and I believe he's only 21 years old. Um, yeah, and we all, we all get very excited about him. Um, but this guy, when given the opportunity, we saw in stretches last season when they finally got gave him the opportunity to yeah, put up numbers and run the team basically through him. He put up basically top 25, top 30 numbers. If I just read out this stretch of games that he had when he started actually... I love the scene to go. Put, yep. So he went uh, against in, in three, or sorry, five game stretch. He went 35 points, 15 rebounds, six assists, 24 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, two steals, one block, 16, uh, sorry, 19 points, 16 rebounds, seven assists, one steal, three blocks, 21, seven and seven, 21, 11, 10, three steals, two blocks, 14, seven and seven, two steals, two blocks. Those were six consecutive games that you're looking at that and you're thinking that's like a first round player. That's a first um, guy. Yeah. And that's in a that's in a guy who's in his second NBA season, 20 years old. He's got a new coach. He's got um, you know, less um teammates that are gonna take the ball out of his hands in um, Kevin Porter Jr. I think there's a lot of people worried about the coach prioritizing more defensive type players, but I yeah. think as well when you consider a team that had no perimeter defense, a player like Alperen Shogun is obviously gonna get cooked a lot of the time. So yeah. I think when you add a player like Dylan Brooks, you add a player like uh, Fred Van Vliet, they're going to help the perimeter defense of this squad. And then Shangun is more free to do his thing, which is uh, facilitate, play, make, and, uh, and basically just get buckets on the post. So I'm a believer in Shangun, and I think that there's more likelihood he hits his ceiling than him dropping to his floor. Yeah, man, I, I really like that. Nice. I think that's very nice indeed, because for me, Shengun, and I think what you mean is the pieces around him is right. Like this is where fantasy and real life basketball kind of like intersect for me. If yeah. you know basketball, you know that the center, I play center. I play power forward. I play center on my team. You know the last line of defense, it falls to you. So if your guards get cooked, if your perimeter players get cooked, you're that last line of defense. That's not Shengun's stock and trade. He's no. got, he's like a Jokic in that way. Like Jokic can be there. He's a bit of a bigger body, put his hands up, get some blocks, but it's not his whole soul. You put Fred Van Fleet, who is a surprisingly good shot blocker and a cheeky little pesky defender with Dylan Brooks on a team, there's automatic defense up there. So you're yeah. not going to have to rely on that. So I, I do think when you talk about MAO Doka, I think there was a little bit of talk about going away from that. But if he shows that motor to go forward, then I definitely think there is a huge upside for him to finish as a top 40 player in this, this season. But again, if he doesn't, and they end up giving Jock Landau minutes, for example, as, as, as the defensive center. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not worried about Jeez. Jock Landau. I, I really don't think that that's going to be something that derails the season. I know there was all that garbage last season where they, um, I can't remember the guy's name, that they started over him. But I don't think that that, that stuff's going to happen this year. And if we actually... He gets oh, Bruno Caboclo? To... Was it Caboclo they did in the beginning of the season? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think Fernando, it was. Right. Bruno, was, it was just... either Fernando Bru- or Caboclo? Uh, Bruno, Bruno Fernando it was, yeah. Fernando, so that was yeah. just crazy. I mean, that, I don't think we're going to see that again. But no. even if we just look at like Jokic and we compare those two, because they get compared a lot of the time. There was a lot of frustration with Jokic at the start of his career. He yeah. he butted heads with the coach a lot and it took them a while for him to win out. And I'm just a believer that players as talented as um, Shangun is, 
eventually, even if the team didn't foresee him being their centerpiece and the, centerpiece and the guy that they run through, the talent will just force them in that direction. And, and I'm a big believer in Shane Green's talent. And I think that it could be this season that we really start to see um, that you know pay off. Yeah, I think so too. I think when he's being grabbed in drafts, he is falling a little bit because of that that uncertainty around his role. I think we'll see it shape out in the preseason. I can see him between when we're recording this, which is the 8th of October, and by the time the season begins, like in the 20th, around the 24th to 25th of October, you can see Shengun going up minutes-wise, and you can see what they're going to be building around him, especially with Jabari Smith Jr. taking a step up as a power forward. I think that's just going to be fantastic. What were you going to say, mate? I was just going to say his ADP, 61 on yep. Yahoo, 65 on ESPN. Uh, Fantrax is the highest at 52. I even still think there's value at 52, to be honest. But if you can get him close to that, like, 50 range, again, I don't think there's any real scenario where he finishes, like, 50 to 60. He's probably yep. finishing, like, 25 to 40, or he's finishing, like, 70 to 90. Um, so you're kind of getting him in the middle there, and it's one way or the other. I lean probably more likely that it's the, the first option in that, that better scenario. Um, Matt, I did two in a row. Please go on with your next one, because far be oh, it from right. me to der- far be it from me to derail and take over everything, Mitch. I'm, uh, I'm continuing. I'll continue the theme then on the big guys because ooh. I've gone three big guys, oh, two big guys. This will be my third one, and um, I think this guy is definitely being slept on. He's kind of been a hype guy the last season and a half, but Onyeka Okongu is my next player here, who I think could really, really blow up this season. This. this one might take some patience. It might oh, take hot, some time for you. Time for you to to wait until the Clint Capella deal is traded, but this guy is going in some drafts out of the top 100, and he has top 50 upside, top 40 upside, even if he does eventually start. And I think we've been waiting for it for the past couple of seasons. I think this is the season that it actually does happen where Clint Capella is traded. They've yep. just got too much talent sitting behind him in Yokongu for them to kind of waste that um, space with Capella. I think they're better off converting Capella into a better wing player because that's where they're a bit shallow in and pushing uh, Okongu to the starting lineup. And even in a bench role, he can provide basically numbers around where he's being drafted and you've only got upside from there if a deal is struck that Capella is gone. And uh, yeah, then top 50 is pretty much a lock at that point. Yeah, 100%. And this is a guy who, if you're even thinking about it in a 14-team league, God, I was in a 20-team league last season at ESPN when I in the I-League, uh, the Carl Moore runs. And Okongwu still was providing value, early round value for me, picking him up late. This season, there seems to be a new direction under Quinn Snyder and Atlanta that seems to be working out. They've got rid of Collins, so they've finally done the whole, like, yeah, we've tried to be getting him off the bus for the past five seasons, yeah. uh, which has been ridiculous but he's over in utah now that's great i think as you said capella is the next domino to fall in the new look atlanta which also feeds into jalen johnson getting minutes who i think is a like a very very nice little flyer at the end of your drafts he's also going to be a waiver wire guy depending on what mm-hmm. happens in the preseason because if he doesn't get look they'll probably roll him out there and, and show what he can do come opening night we don't know what his minutes will be but if capella goes and a Kongwe goes i think jalen johnson with sadiq bay are going to see a nice little uptick as well over in Atlanta. But yeah, I think a Kongwu is an absolute is an absolute lock to really excel his ADP this season. He is someone you want to take a risk on. Because as you said, 100%, he's like, 100%. 100%. Like he 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 went he was like in 23 minutes last season, he was ranked 75th. In some drafts, he's going 100th. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. No. When you're playing 23 minutes and already beating your number, plus you've got the upside that if you do start, you're going to smash another 30 40 spots on that. 
feel feel comfortable to take him around the, the 75 to 85 range. And at bare minimum, you're going to get that value even in a bench roll with the upside that he absolutely smashes it if a trade happens or an injury happens to Capella and he um yeah he steps into a larger role. So I think and he's aging. Is- Clint's getting older. Yeah. He's been he's oft injured as well, and that's where I think when 100%. he has been injured or rested down the way, this is where Okongwu has shown that he can take on that role for Quinn. And I think Quinn Snyder is also one of the guys who does give young players looks. Yeah. He has shown that in the past in Utah. He's he's brought that same kind of engine over to a pretty young Atlanta Hawks team albeit from Clint Capella, who is like being a mainstay there for a while. So there's definitely a roadmap for him and a launch pad to excel that. I've got one for you that I'm a little bit curious for. I don't know if it's spicy, but it's only spicy because he's dropped in Yahoo in ADP this week. Shade and Sharp. Right. Yes. Okay. This is an interesting one. Um, obviously, the trade. So you said he's dropped in, in, in ADP. Yeah. That's interesting. It, it, this is why it's interesting for me. And this is why I think it might be a little bit frisky to get Shade and Sharp on your team. This is the stretch for it. During the last two weeks at one point in the season, he was averaging 14 points, 3.5 rebounds, two assists, 1.2 steals, uh, half a block, and 2.3 three-pointers. So he was good enough for top 90 value coming off in limited minutes in Portland when he was getting those minutes. When he actually bumped his minutes, logging 40 and 38 minutes respectively, in starts versus the Jazz and the Bulls last season, 24 points in each game to go with a total of 13 rebounds, five assists, four steals, a block, and eight three-pointers. So he's a guy who's down, who's shown a stretch, and there's a roadmap. Now, there's this, there's this Brogdon situation who'll be the bench mm-hmm. guy. Like, he is the, the president, Malcolm Brogdon, is the going to be our bench point guard. So this yeah. is the, the call. So you've got either you can roll him out as a small forward, possibly or potentially, but you've got Anthony Simons and obviously Scoot Henderson, who is the other guy who's the biggest beneficiary of the Dame Lillard trade. But yeah. for me, I'm looking at Shade and Sharp as this is why it's frisky. Because if you take Sharp, who I think is an absolutely superb young player, his currently ADP right now is 122 on ESPN. He's dropped down to 116 on Yahoo. So he's dropped and Anthony Simons and Scoot have noticeably gone up and he's been sitting around 118 on fan tracks with no movement the last two weeks which is interesting as well that he hasn't moved up or down yeah. so i think in the fbi locked on league he's just gone at 120 in my one yeah okay i think he's an interesting one because i know when i was doing my projections i was sort of I mean, we all knew that a Damian Lillard trade was coming at some point. So when I was looking at a Shaden Sharp, I'd kind of viewed him in the lens of, okay, I think he's going to have a bigger role. Um, Lillard's not going to be there, but it always depended on what came back. Now, they only really got, in terms of the backcourt, the Malcolm Brogdon um, player back, and he's he's basically screwed his body up. Like, he's he, he, there's a trade that broke down <laughs> because his body, was, his, body, his body wasn't right. So we can... We can say he's going to be there, but there's highly likelihood that at some point this season he's going to be injured and there's going to be more opportunity. The thing about Shaden Sharp about for me, though, is yes, he's going to score and yes, he's going to hit threes, but what, what else can he do? Um, I yeah. think I, I agree, he's, he's a really interesting player. I, I like him long term. I just think that this season there's probably still more um, role fluctuation for him when you've got players like Simons and um, Scoot, I think, probably doing the majority of the playmaking for this team. But at that point in the draft, he's still got that like mystery box aura around him that he could kind of be anything. It's like that Peter, Gr- it's like that Peter Griffin thing, but the box, but there's that, <laughs> what's in the box. And like, I'll take the yeah. box. I'll take them. Yeah. So this is for me, this is around nine guy. 
because round nine is just after that 100 marker. So I think the magic number in drafts for me for risk is like, who do you take from pick 100 on? Because there's those really stable guys you can get. Like you can get your Josh Hart, you can get your Bruce Browns. You can pick up Clay Thompson in some leagues. He's a really nice, stable guys who you know you're going to return some form of value and, and, and get you what you need. And there's no ceiling there. There's like you're getting them at what you know they're going to provide for you. But for me in round about nine, Shaden Sharp is someone who I creep into because if he can provide those steals that he showed in the flashes, that adds his volume. He has his field goal percentage isn't, you know, terribly bad. It's not good either, but his free throw percentages is a pretty solid clip for me. And it's someone that I'm just willing to take a bit more of a risk on around that mark. And I can, again, I can burn him, but I do think that he's, I know at hashtag basketballs project him at 160. He's definitely someone that I see go over that. At 750, he's not going to entirely tank it. His field goal percentage is predicted around 470. But if he can get me 15 points a game, four rebounds, a steal, and two assists around that, that's a person around that role that I'll take. Also knowing that if Portland isn't going anywhere, they're going to just pull the pin and let them go nuts down the stretch as well. So he's definitely someone I'd target in the waiver. I definitely think he's someone that you target around that sort of late later spot. Um, I think he's going to score. And again, when you get to that kind of range of the draft, that is harder to find. So I I think that his value is higher than what I think his ranking will suggest. Um, But if you're someone that is glued to what is a ranking, then I don't know if it's going to, you know, be something that you can really say, Hey, at the end of the season, I've got this player here and he ranked at 80. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but he will be valuable for what he does provide. A hundred percent. Mate, I, I know you have, I know one of your next, Two, and I'm really excited to see which one you drop on me next. I'll, I'll drop Who's... the one that I've already spoiled on you, but I'm, I'm going, well, he's not on this team anymore, but I'm going with Chris Paul, who <laughs> yeah. is actually the player who was discussed in my most recent podcast on the uh, top 25 most interesting. He came in at 16 because to me, Chris Paul is a very fascinating case of, he's old, right? So we're he's all old. taking a bit of a discount, but are we discounting him too much? Because Chris Paul has actually had one of the best fantasy basketball careers of all time, basically. 100%. Um, He has never in his entire career, including his rookie season, ranked outside the top 50, outside the top 40, I think, in nine category leagues as well. So, and he's going in drafts around that 75 to 85 range in a lot of, lot of spots. So we are expecting him to fall off a cliff basically. Um, But, is that something that is going to actually transpire? It is a little bit more difficult, but he's a guy that could still probably give you seven to eight assists per game, nearly one and a half steals per game. The efficiency from the field and the free throw line is still really, really good. He's not going to score a whole lot, which is, again, a lot of the time why he falls. People love scoring, but I still think he's going to be fairly elite in the two things that he's good at, which is assists and steals. And I think that in a lot of places, we are probably discounting him too much. In fact, if we look over on... Where did I see he was going? He was going outside the top 100, I think, in ESPN leagues, which is he did. just I can actually tell you where wild. I took him last night. I took him last night in an ESPN league. Uh, shout out to some of the inside boys who I was drafting with last night. This is like our own personal one run by uh, Matrix from Inside. Matrix. I said that with a very high voice. Matrix. Uh, and, Chris Paul, and Chris Paul fell to me. I can tell you where he went. Uh, I took him 108. Wow. Okay. That's, that's insane value. Um, yeah. I, I think that if you're getting Chris Paul at 108, even if it doesn't work out, like who cares? Like drop him. But this guy, I still think he's got top 50 upside um, yep. in a nine category setting. I think in a minus one setting, when you take into account punt and builds and things like that, he is probably closer to that like 70-ish range. But 
yeah, if you get him outside the 100, like that is easy money. Even if you're getting him sort of 80s and 90s, you've got upside there, I think, in my opinion. Um, I agree. And I agree. It looks like he's going to start. I think the ego is going to win out. Um, now, Draymond Green was in trouble, I think, a couple of days ago, but the recent reports say that he will be ready by the start of the uh, regular season. But still, I think he's going to start next to a lot of those guys, um, which I think should at least get him to 29 to 30 minutes per game, which, again, is all his needs for top 80, top 75 value. And even if the narrative plays out, so you've got to talk about like the NBA narratives. If the narrative plays out that Chris Paul is such an amazing veteran, such a great soldier, that the team needs him to be the sixth man. It's just not currently working out. There's a bit of fear down in Golden State. They think he's going to be best served there. Steve Kerr is a professional. Chris Paul is such a professional. He'll take that on and he'll do that. There's even value on the tote to pick him up as sixth man of the year candidate, to be fair. Like if he does that, he'll still get minutes. But it's going to be one of these auxiliary things where you bring in like a JaVale McGee to play center for the opening of the minutes. He's off after three minutes and then the sub's on. Looney, yeah, yeah. Looney will play that role. And he's done that for the last couple of seasons anyway. So I think that his his minutes are at least safe. Yep. It's just about how this team gels and how it how it works. But we've seen Chris Paul do that. Like if we go back to OKC a few seasons ago, he played with other playmakers in Schroeder, Shea, and himself all playing um, heavy minutes. So multiple playmakers on the one team. You've got a similar situation here in um, Golden State with Steph and Draymond. So I think it can work. I think in a lot of cases, we are discounting him too much. And I was initially, like a couple of months ago, I thought he would still be going too high and I was down on him, but it's actually gone the other way and we've gone right. too far in discounting him a lot. So and this um, is yeah, very fascinating. Uh, yeah, it is. And this is where your league settings, you have to probably pay attention to those as well. So when we're talking about these guys, also know your league settings, I think is another way to get frisky with it because you also need to know where guys are going. So in this ESPN one I mentioned last night, there's a point guard slot, a shooting guard slot. But there's only other one guard slot. That's all that yeah. there is in this league. There's no utility plays that you can roll out there in this one. So that's why Chris Paul slipped in this one because people are filling up the point guard spot very early on and they're picking up another guard to stream in. Whereas I've picked up Markel Fultz and I picked up Chris Paul to try and win steals and assists and just roll that over between those two late in my draft. So I'm just kind of feeding that point guard, that shooting guard eligibility. So that's where if you know your league settings, you can get a little bit cheeky. Or like you can draft an IR guy like I did and Trey Murphy the third, just you know, to put him and stash him away and pick up someone down the track. But that's where if you know your league settings, you can actually get guys like Chris Paul and put them into your team. You're like, why is Chris Paul still sitting there at 100? Uh, that's probably the exact reason why. Ever wondered which is the best bank or if current interest rates are too high or even if that dream home that you've always wanted is affordable? Well, you don't have to wonder anymore. Talk to our good friend Ryan at Astute Newstead. Ryan is an absolute legend. I know him well. He's a good mate and a good bloke. And he gives confidential lending assistance to anyone with no obligations attached at all. You don't need to get pigeonholed into one lender. Ryan specializes in residential home loans with over 50 lenders on a panel, including the major banks. The best part, as I said, he doesn't charge a fee like other brokers. Astute Newstead also offers personal, vehicle, and business loans as well. So you need to reach out to our mate Ryan at Astute Newstead on 0431-766-784 or email ryanh at eganwealth.com and use Insight to let him know we've sent you. If you want to make changes in your life and get that dream home of yours sooner, talk to our friend Ryan. Uh, my next one is some guy that I'm very high on. Uh, my guy is Obi Toppin. I love yeah, Obi Toppin. I've heard you talk about Obi Toppin a lot and, and talk me into it because I'm a bit of a skeptic. Um, I love what Obi Toppin can bring to the Indiana Pacers lineup. So this is a guy who has a proven stretch run when he has had opportunity in New York to put, to put numbers up right across the board. He 
currently is this is the thing as well. He is also not the reason why I see this is getting frisky is you can take him in your last round at this point. You can take him in the 13th round. You can take him even in the 12th round. Currently, his ADP on ESPN is 139. He's dropped on Yahoo down to 137. Underdog, if you do that one, is 119. But on fan tracks, he's at 148. Obi Toppin, for me, has had some of the best stretches of his career in New York. Obviously, the only place that he's played. But there have been stretches that have shown some form of dominance to be able to stretch the floor, to be able to be explosive, to be able to defend the rim, to be able to rebound, and to be able to playmake. Just the basic building blocks of playing basketball. He seems to have a gen. I know it's preseason hype, Mitch. I know it. But God, I love watching him and Tyrese Halliburton play basketball together. Oh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It's a good fit together. I think that they'll they'll definitely, you know, shades of Lob City and OKC a little bit there. And they're talking that up. So for me, I see that position. Now, I know that there's Benedict Matherin, but they've already said that the starting five, which I thought was very interesting after the Buddy Heald talk, was that Buddy Heald isn't starting. That Benedict yeah. Matherin is going to step into the shooting guard role there. So it definitely seems that they're bringing in the freshness and the youth movement in Indiana, which I'm kind of surprised by in a way because that's not really something that's been done all the time under the coaching regime. Like they've teetered on it, but they've just gone with it. I think Obi has a place in this team to return value. And I think he will exceed his ADP by about 20 spots at least. I think he definitely has opportunity and he would be my pick to start opening night as well. Um, the thing that I will sort of challenge you on there though, is that yep. when we have seen him put up big numbers in the past, it's been him starting at center Yep. with um, a few of those guys out. Starting at power forward, I think, next to someone like a Miles Turner, I, I don't see him getting many defensive stats at all. He's also not the best rebounder for a power forward as well. So you are really relying on the fact that he's going to score, he's going to hit threes, and he's going to do that efficiently. Yep. Um, so there's a chance that he does that. And, and again, I think in this team, with playing off someone like a Tyrese Halliburton, it fits him perfectly. Yep. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen here. So the opportunity is definitely a reason alone for him to get drafted. Um, I just don't know if I fully buy into his fantasy game being someone that really explodes um, and rises up ranking boards. But again, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen here. So the opportunity is definitely there. And that's where the riskiness is. Like that's where the risk is that you take it in your draft. So this is why it's not like solid. I'm not talking about like my must guaranteed guys (laughs) break out. This isn't my breakout stars. This is like my, I love the risk that is associated. And to be fair, in my last round last night in my ESPN draft, Obi Toppin is sitting there. I did not take Obi Toppin because it's got to be the right build, the right fit for your team. And it's got to do the right thing. I guess that's with every player. Like it's, here's something insane. Hey, always take the best guy for your team. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's, and that's that's what makes fantasy basketball so good. Like it's especially category leagues. Like if if we're talking points leagues, who thinks going to average the most points? Take that player in a yep. ca- in a category league. It's not the same. It's not the same every time. Like you might get the best ranked player, but there might be a better player for your team if you're punting and all those sort of things. So yeah, it definitely it definitely is different for every situation. This is my this is my OB. So as a starter uh, on his team on his career, he averaged twenty points. Uh, 20 points, five rebounds, and three assists in his 15 games as a starter. So for me, if that can even translate to 16 points a game, 4.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and he can add some defense to that, that just gives me some value and some hope for Obi if he can get there. Again, this is the if with him. This is why it's getting frisky. Do you take that? Again, what's in the box? We don't know what's going to come this season. But if they do go back to that lob city and they do have that potential, I'm I'm putting this way, I'm watching the Pacers preseason to see if there's anything that I can glean out of their minutes wise or how they're going to run that show. Because if they do play him as a backup center while they rest Turner, 
even in a small ball lineup, which I wouldn't see happening because Turner's just such a great fit on that team. But if that does happen or Turner gets injured, I mean, they've got this depth there, but they don't, they don't like Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith, Isaiah Jackson, they've been reluctant to play those guys big minutes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you definitely could see it. Uh, look, I, like I said, the opportunity is there. Um, and where he's going in drafts, by all means, take a flyer on him. I think I think he's he's been going extremely late in, in like the World Cup, I think, um, that I've just drafted. And he went at like 140 or something like that, which at go. that point, there's no downside. You just drop him if it doesn't work out. There is a lot of upside opportunity. Absolutely go for it. 100%. Mate, your next one. Last one that I've got here today is a guy that I am growing by the day in confidence and in the day in in terms of um, just getting more excited. And it is Asar Thompson, um, the Detroit Detroit Thompson. He's stupid. Uh, Oh, no, that was the wrong one. Oh, my God, so juicy. I'm going to play twice. Oh, my God, it's so juicy. Because it wasn't meant to be stupid because I love (laughs) love what you're saying. It could be stupid, but I think, stupid. It's great. I think that there's an outside chance that he actually starts opening night. I think that that is growing mm-hmm. in possibility by the day. Yeah, um, it looks like that they're really leaning into the fact that they want to get the young guys out there. There's yeah. some being really glowing reports from his coach about his defense. And I'm just a big, big fan of the, the Thompson twins. I think that they are the perfect blend of uber, you know, athleticism, um, great playmaking and just really, really smart defense. And I think that he's going to basically play himself into a big role. Yep. The steal and block numbers alone make oh. him someone that you need to, to grab. It's sort of Matisse-Thibel-esque. Plus you add in some playmaking and rebounding as well. That and the offense. Is, uh, like he, loves to, he loves to play offense. He's not scared. He cuts. He, he, he's, he's, um, yeah, I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, so I think that if you can get him, I'm now ready to reach inside the top 110 top 120 to, to get a guy like that, even before your yeah. bench, uh, because I think he is someone that I'm just growing more and more in confidence in. Someone asked me the other day, and this was probably the dumbest thing I've said, but also probably the only comp that I can make. And I'm 100% always willing to put my heart on my sleeve and say, I can say some dumb shit like anybody can, because <laughs> if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But someone asked me like, what do you think a Sewer Thompson is going to be this season? And I'm like, Jalen Williams from last season. I think I don't think he's going to get the same level of return, but if you think the similar game style that they'll play, I don't think he's going to be as good just to be with the caveats. I don't think he's going to be as good as J-Dub, but I think his potential to stretch the floor occasionally in that system with Ivy and K, I think in that defensive presence that he brings to that team as a young person is very similar to how they play defense with Jalen Williams and OKC. It's the only translatable thing I can see basketball wise that in my head makes sense when I watch them watch yeah. it play out. Do you want to hear a talk? I, I think he can be better. I think he can be better. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not like fantasy wise year one. But I, I'm I'm a big fan of this guy's just talent. I, the thing about him is going to be the jump shot, right? And yep, I'm not 100%. expecting the jump shot to really come through year one. No. But um, from everything I can see and hear about him, is both Thompson twins are really high workers. They um you know work on their game constantly. So it would not surprise me if he even makes a bigger jump from when we saw him last to, to now. And um, those steals and block numbers are truly, truly elite. Yep. Um, and he's in Detroit where he's going to have opportunities. So I think that, yeah, he's, he's a great player that I think you can take. He take is. And, and, and I think when we say this as well, like when we look at these guys, again, thank you for not thinking that I was the, an idiot. But everyone's like, how are they going to use him? I'm like, he's going to be like Jalen Williams on OKC last year. He just isn't there yet offensively with, that, as you said, yeah. that jump shot. But as you said, the Thompson twins. I remember hearing a Ringer podcast with, um, oh, I can't remember who it was. It was on the mismatch pretty sure years ago. And Chris Vernon was talking about that the Thompson twins were in a gym just working out one day with down there in Memphis and they were in there with Jabari Smith Jr. And he was, this was like two years ago, two and a half years ago when they were mm. just doing some overtime elite stuff. 
And he said the work ethic in those kids two and a half years ago in preparation for what their, their journey was, was already impressive. And apparently by all accounts and purposes, they haven't taken the foot off the gas at all. So it hasn't been like they've just landed in a miracle spot and then, oh, bingo. So for me, I think you're absolutely spot on. I love Asur Thompson. I've been picking him up in drafts in pretty much most mocks that I've done where I can, but I've lent into him in the top 120 now instead of that last round flyer because he will not yeah. be there on your draft day now. I think, I think it's flat. trending that way. I think I think it's trending that way. And if we get any word or confirmation that he's starting in any of these preseason games, I think I think his ADP will start to rise. And I think they might start him in the preseason. And this is where I think it could be smoke and mirrors. We want to see how it plays out. So if you've got an early draft now, grab him. So if you've if you've got him, get him now. Because he's going to start flying off boards very, very soon. When it comes to the actual season, you might see them not start him. They just want to get him out there and get him a taste of NBA action. It could be the quotes from the coach. You know, because this is the narrative of basketball. But for me, yeah, he's a uh, he's an absolute lock in that pick. I've got a bit of risk, especially now he's got to be injury. My last one, I like Daniel Gafford. Yes, okay. This is this is an interesting one. Let's talk Gafford. Let's talk Gafford. His average ADP right now is 108. Like, yeah, he's 117. He's dropped down in ESPN, 99 in Yahoo, 91 on fan tracks. Uh, this is a guy, now he's got his elbow injury out right now, but who else is playing center in Washington? Who else Taj is? Gibson. <laughs> this is, is he even playing? Do we have to like, just do like a, like zombie corpse, Taj Gibson? Yeah. Like yeah. alive to play center. So Daniel Gafford has the role to the most minutes. I mean, Xavier Cook's on the team. Are they going to play a small ball, like Australian bloke, go in there and just rip up the middle a little bit? I, I don't know at this point what's happening with the middle in Washington. But for me, it's Daniel Gafford. I absolutely love what he can bring to this to this team. Like he is definitely for me a top seventy five player, and he is just clearly being drafted well outside that right now in some of these leagues. Like one hundred and twenty almost in ESPN, I think is a massive oversight. Again, I just see him as a center. His field goal percentage is around seven hundred. His free throw percentage is around seven hundred as well. So he's not one of these like the walking Kessler. Tank, yeah. top. No. He doesn't tank you. So this is like okay, that's I can do that. Especially if I've got a team with a really good free throw percentage, he absorbs that. He only generally takes three a game. So if he can be weighed down with someone who takes a lot, who's very like Jason Tatum, who gets to the line like more last season, who has an excellent free throw percentage, you offset that entirely. He gets you about 12, 13, 14 points a game, eight rebounds. He doesn't play make much, but he's got elite block shots. And he doesn't turn it over much. So this is a guy who is, I just think, is an absolute worth taking the risk, especially now he's injured. And if you can stash yeah. him early in an IR spot, like injuries is like the big thing. You see that little injury thing on your Yahoo League, and you're like, oh, caution, buyer beware, and he's going to yep. slip. Yeah, and that's I, where I, you can, yeah. I think he was starting to like push up into that like top hundred, top ninety, top eighty sometimes spot. And then I think this this injury could ne- could almost be a blessing in disguise uh, for those people who were interested in him because. I always say this with big guys, especially if it's a lower body injury, um, like a knee yes. or an ankle or, or, or something like that. I'm a little bit more cautious going to season, but an elbow for a guy that literally just dunks the ball, it's not going to affect his, his shot. Like he's not going to come out here and drop his three point percentage. That's not, that's not what he does. Right. So I don't think it's going to affect his play. I think he is not going to be out very long. I think he might miss the first week. Maybe if that, yep. Even um, if two, so, I can absorb two weeks. So I really don't think you take the injury into account much when you're talking about his projected value. My thing with him is is fouls. How much can you stay out of foul trouble? He had a bit of an opportunity last season. I talked about 
most recently, and again, we, he was made the, the top 25 most interesting players okay. because he um, he played a lot of... Uh, there was a few games at the end of last season where Chris Pazingas was out. In five or six of those games, I can't quite remember, five or six of those games, he was limited because of foul trouble. He had then had another seven or eight games where he wasn't. In those seven or eight games, he played 31 minutes and put up basically top 50 numbers. In the other games, he was playing like 20 minutes because he just couldn't stay out of foul trouble. So that is something that historically he's been a victim of. Yeah. And when he does get increased minutes because he is a guy that likes to go after a lot of block shots, if he's not fouling, it's usually because he's not going after as many blocks. So his blocks per minute do drop a little bit as he plays more minutes. So I think he averaged something like uh, 1.1 like, blocks in yeah. 14 minutes as off the bench. But then when he moved into a starting role, it, it, it only went up to like 1.4. So just be careful when you're projecting those guys that have that insane per minute block rate that it's not going to continue to go that way as their minutes get higher. Especially if you have their, I guess it's almost like their fouls per minute because they yeah. get, <laughs> there's like that, there's that cross section where too many fouls equals you sitting on the bench. Yeah. yeah. Like they're very lucky in the NBA that they get six for guys like Daniel Gafford, where we have to play the international five rule where he would probably play eight minutes of basketball a night. Um, thank you for your list, Mitch. I do have one question though about the uh, our top fives. Who is a guy you cut? Who are you flirting with? Or who were a couple of names of dudes you were flirting with? But you're like, you know what? Not them. Who were like the your, um, your honorable mentions? Yeah, honorable mentions. I did have Jalen Duran in my thoughts as well. Yeah. I, I'm a big Jalen Duran fan this season. I think that there's, like, he's a teenager. Like, he's not even yeah, 20 years old. So and he, he looks like a man mountain. Um, and I think the connection with him and Cade could be something really special. Um, so I, I really like him as a big upside play. I also really like Jordan Poole, where he's going. He's a guy that I think is weirdly getting slept on. Um, he's going to have all the shots in the world over in um, Washington. And I don't think that his free throw volume and free throw percentage is getting enough respect because that is an absolute game changer when it comes to fantasy sports in a category league setting. Um, so I think that he is someone in the earlier rounds is getting a bit slept on because of People worrying about his field goal percentage and, and things like that. In a lot of cases, I just don't care. I think he's going to be he's going to be good. So those were the two guys that nearly made the list, but just not quite. Yeah, Jordan Poole was one of mine because we were. I think one of our exchanges on Twitter was, "Why do you want to?" I, I call them Chris Middleton and Tobias Harris are the houses twins because they're just oh, yeah. safe. Yeah, the house they're just safe as houses. And then you were like, I just want a mansion. I'm like, yeah, I want mansions, you- especially at that point of the draft. Like we're talking about uh, Tobias Harris. I, I don't want the safe play. I want the guy that's going to kind of blow up. Exactly. Or you want to have a bit of a pool party early on in the draft. <laughs> that's and, right. Yeah. You know, that's, that's my thing. So you might want to, like, again, the free throw percentage and the amount of free throws that he takes, he can actually buoy a guy like Giannis in your first round. Like because of the volume as well. Like it's not someone you would perfectly pair, but it's someone if you built around it and you got that off, yeah. You can, you can, I mean, like Anthony Davis is probably a better example because Anthony Davis's free throw percentage is yeah, higher he than the he, He'll shoot close to 90%. Like that's, it, it's, it's a massive game changer. Um, as an Australian guy, got to ask you on this one because we shared that one. My other guy was Ben Simmons. I, yes. I am, I am, look, as an Australian bloke, I've just, I'm at the point where, you know, are you okay? We've had enough of the mental health stuff with Ben Simmons. We want to see everybody who plays basketball in the NBA, right, yeah. physically, mentally. We just, but we want to see the guy wearing the green and gold because he's one of yes, our best basketball players, to be fair. If he decides to, I think it's the showiness of Ben Simmons and this need to look good in a Ferrari equates to looking good in the uniform in the Olympics, but FIBA is somehow beneath him. I don't know. It just, 
Uh, there's been a massive yeah. change with him personally. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to to sit here and say that I know exactly what like he's he's going on with him and things yeah. like that. He's obviously not been right the last couple of seasons, but as it stands right now, it all reports it looks like he is going to be starting uh, for yeah. the Nets, and that is very exciting. So especially where you can get him in drafts, um, supreme supreme upside, especially if the right build. It's not going to suit everyone. Like he's he's yeah. not going to come out and score twenty points tonight. Like that's just not going to happen. Do I'm not believe never, the free throw videos. Do not believe ne- the free throw. Never going to believe the three throw videos or the three point. That's just not going to happen. I'm no. I'm not going to get sucked into that. But what he can do is he can rebound, he can get assists, he can be elite on the defensive side of the floor, um, he can shoot a good field goal percentage, which in some builds is extremely, extremely valuable. And um, yeah, I think try to put your, a lot of people have some very strong opinions of Ben Simmons and like yeah. him as a player and as a person. If we separate that with fantasy, he can in the right build be extremely valuable. Yeah, there's, we've got, it's like the old separation of church and state. At a point, you've just got to put the guys like, you know, Ja Morant, yeah. Miles Bridges, Miles Bridges, yeah, Ben Simmons, these these kind of blokes should be like, yeah, shit bloke, done some. Like I had a pop Funko in my classroom of Jamarant. I took it down because I didn't want my students looking at a pop Funko and like already gone straight up. Like I just didn't want that in my class. I just didn't want that yeah. in there. So that was me. But Ben Simmons is a guy though who is the hype is starting to be bought into, and the forgiveness redemption tour is. So just be careful where you are drafting him. But I do think he's going to excel. He's one seventeen overall ADP average. He's risen now to one twenty six on ESPN, one twenty seven on Yahoo. So pretty much parity. And fan tracks, he's at one seventeen right now. So he's a guy who is all his arrows are ticking up. He's jumped a lot in CBS leagues, um, and he's jumped a lot in Yahoo. So he is starting to go off your board. That's why I think he fell in mine. But again, he is someone you can get around pick one hundred, one ten, and he's going to possibly can return top eighty upside potentially. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see him starting to go more around that pick 100 range at the moment uh, yeah. because most drafts that I'm in, there's someone punting uh, points or, or free throw percentage that's willing to take him around that spot. But um, I, I still think that's fine. Um, yeah. There's a little bit more risk in that point of view because he was really bad last season. Like, let's not get it twisted. But um, if he's healthy and if he is playing aggressive as a point guard and not as like a power forward center, which he was doing a lot last season, I think that that can be, that can be still very um, rewarding at that spot. Perfect. Mitch, thank you so much for your time today. Mitch, tell us uh, all the plug, 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 plug. Tell us about all the things you're doing in the lead up to the season and where people can follow you. Oh, mate. Yeah. Follow me over on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Uh, I've got videos coming out basically and podcasts coming out every day in the lead up to the season. I've referenced it a few times at the moment, but we're doing a series called the Top 25 Most Interesting, which is just basically my own personal list of players that I'm most fascinated by into the lead up to the season players that have a wide range of outcomes with new situations or a lot of young players in there and how good can they be. So we just did the Chris Paul episode, as we mentioned before. Um, and we've also done, I think we've done 25 through 16. So I still got the top 15 to go. Um, if you guys want to check out and get some season guides, um, you can check out ballboysmba.com uh, where I've got my top 150 rankings for points and category leagues and also projections on what I believe to be a top 250 players and also a top 250 dynasty rankings is there as well. So um, if you want more hands-on stuff to help with your, your drafts coming up, check out ballboysmedia.com. Perfect, Mitch. Thank you so much for your time. Make sure you do like and subscribe all his content. It's absolutely fantastic. One of the best out there in fantasy land, to be fair. So make sure you jump onto the Ball Boy stuff. Make sure you also like and subscribe. We're on our quest to 1K subscribers. When we get to 1,000 subscribers, all you need to do is put your name in the comments below this video or any of our videos. We're going to pick up one of those lucky names and give you a personalized NBA jersey. Your team, 
your way. Also, shout out to our friends at Standard Squeeze, where you can subscribe and get 15% off all of your purchases there. Thanks to Ash and the team at Standard Squeeze. You've got your drinks, your four-in-one cups, your mugs, your campers. It's absolutely fantastic gear. Get onto that one. Use promo code INSIGHT15 for 15% off. Take care. We'll catch you soon.